And that's what makes it difficult for us, that we're not used to it. We're used to freedom and carrying on and going on with our lives. And we're in a festive season, isn't it? We should be in a festive season where we should be enjoying the birth of Jesus Christ. But it's just as if there's a clamp down on it. It's as if God is doing something and He's clamping down. And you know what? About 2,000 years ago, plus minus 250, 2050, it was the same. It was the same. The Israelites or the Jews were waiting for someone to relieve them from the authority of the Romans. And they were under pressure. They were waiting for a king that has been prophesied in the Old Testament to come. And it was, I think it was as difficult then as it is now. It's just that they had less things to worry about. You know, there was no internet. There was no cell phones that got to be paid. There's no all these other things. They just had to put food on the table and walk from one place to the other place. Those that were rich had horses, and I think it's only the Roman soldiers that horses. But the others had to walk, and some, some people had donkeys. And if we haven't got cars, then we start moaning and complaining. Because we can't get from one place to the other place. I know that Ramon is now starting to take horse lessons because he's worried that his bicycle is going to cost him too much or something like that. <coughs> Did he do well? Did he? Is he a natural-born horse rider? All natural, okay. <laughs> uh, so, yes, there was a... There was a there was a people waiting for a king to be born. And the lucky thing about it is that the king has been born. And we know that. We know that Jesus Christ is born, and that's what we're going to go on to, on to Friday, is Jesus Christ, the birth of Jesus Christ and what he came for. But before the birth of Jesus Christ, there was... There was a prophecy that came out. And that prophecy was in Malachi 4, 1 to 6. I don't know if I gave it to you. And that prophecy went, read as follows, Behold, I am going to send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. He will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers so that I will not come and smite the land with a curse. We know that Jesus is born, but this prophecy 
is also a prophecy that we've got now as the church of Jesus Christ. We are the Elijah of today. The church is the Elijah of today. Before, before the next coming of Jesus Christ. And that's what I want to start with today. Is you to be ready. Luke twelve forty says, that's what Tom said just now, or what he brought forward. You too be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. That you do not expect. And I'm going to delve a little bit deeper into John the Baptist. Because he was the Elijah that was sent to make the way for Jesus Christ. And let's look at, Eli let's look at John the Baptist. Give me Luke. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a few things out here. Give me Luke 1, I think. What did I say to you? Luke 1. Let's see. 1, 2. No, Luke 1. Give me Luke 1. Didn't I give it to you? Luke 1, 1. To whatever. Okay, let me tell the story. Forget it. We, we, we read in Luke 1 that... Uh, no, no, uh, you're right. Sorry for you. You're right. I'm, I'm taking a few things out. But let's start with the story. We know that uh, there was, there was a, a man called uh, Ze Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth. And we know that Zechariah was a righteous man. And we know that Zechariah worked in the temple. But we also know that Zechariah was old and Elizabeth was barren. Who does that remind you of? Old and barren. Abraham. We might be old, but not barren. <laughs> yeah, so it reminds us of that. But he was righteous before the Lord. Elizabeth was barren, and they were advanced in years. Zechariah was working in the temple, and a multitude of people was praying outside. And then verse 13 to 17, Luke 1. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Now, do you think that was an instant prayer? You see, sometimes we come and we, we, we ask God for things and we want things instant. But it says he was old. For your prayers has been heard. So he must have been praying all along, all along, all along for years. And suddenly, in his old age, his prayer is heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. The word John means the Lord has shown favor. 
and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at this birth. For he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. Now, what God was doing here is he was setting John apart. And we know that when God sets you apart, as in Samuel, Samuel was set apart, he was not allowed to have any wine or any grapes or anything that could be made from wine. In the Old Testament, they were called the Nazareths. Today, the bride is the favor of the king. We are set aside and consecrated from this world. God says, although we're not from this world, we are in this world. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you still remember it, when, when Maria was expecting, and she came to, to Elizabeth, and John, in his mother's womb, heard her voice. What did he do? He jumped, because he was filled with the Holy Spirit in the womb. The Word says, even from his mother's womb, John was filled with the Holy Spirit It's the same for the church of Jesus Christ in Acts when 3,000 people were baptized with the Holy Spirit. You see, the church and John is the, same, is the same thing that we're looking at. John was sent before Jesus Christ's first, first birth, before his first ministry. The church is sent before the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's what the bride is for. We should be set apart. We should be filled with the Holy Spirit. We are been praying for a long time for Jesus to come. We are praying for it. And that's what the church is all about. You see, John was set there for a purpose. He will go before him as a forerunner in the Spirit. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord, their God. Isn't that the work of the church as well? To turn many to, to the Lord. That's what we are here for. We're not just here for ourselves. We've got a purpose. And here's the purpose that John had. He had to prepare the way. He had to be a forerunner. Point number one. That's it. You see, John had a purpose that was to prepare the people's hearts for the day that Jesus will appear on the scene, preparing the way for Jesus to start his ministry. Today, the king is coming to fetch his bride one day. And it's in those days before his birth, as John prepared the people before Jesus started his ministry, we are to prepare 
the people, the world, for the coming of Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5, 2-4. For you yourself know full well that the day of the Lord will come, just like a thief in the night. While they are saying, peace and safety, then destruction will come upon them, suddenly like labor pains upon a woman with a child, and they will not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, that the day would overtake you like a thief. That's our work. That's our work to prepare each one, to remind each one that Jesus is coming again. That he will be coming like a thief in the night. The birth of Jesus Christ was not known. The coming of Jesus Christ again is not known. The word says not even the angels or Jesus self knows. Only the Father knows of that day. But we have got to prepare the way for the people for the second coming. So remember that you, Revelation 3.3, Revelation 3.3. So remember what you have received and heard and keep it and repent. Therefore, if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what hour I will come to you. You see, sometimes we just carry on as if there's another tomorrow. We are a people born for this time as John was born for that time. The bride is for now. And those that are trying to demolish the bride and suppress the bride, they will not be able to do it. Because the bride is God's bride. It's Jesus' bride. Made for him, made by Jesus' self. You see, we should have a spirit that says, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty, come. Let the one who wishes take the water of life without cost. That is what we should be. Come, people, come. There's a new coming. There's a new Jesus. He's coming again. But he's not coming as the first time. He is coming to fetch his bride. He's coming to judge. The first birth of Jesus was the love of God for us to set us free into his kingdom. The second coming of Jesus Christ is to come and fetch us. For those that believe in Jesus Christ, for those that call themselves the bride. You see, I believe that Jesus is not coming from, for a single ankle person. He's coming for the bride. And if we are not set in the bride, it might be, it might be, I'm not saying, but it might be that we will lose it. Because the bride is what he has established. And it says, Wees gehoorzaam on Jesus Christus. Volgom. And he wants us in a bride. John had, John had a second purpose. He had a to-do list. Now, husbands, I think we all know what that to-do list is. When you get up in the morning and there's a little to-do list from the wife. Huh? Make sure that this is done, that's done, that's done, that's done, that's done. 
we know that to-do list. Well, John had a to-do list. And the message that John had to do, what was it to do? To call people to, to repentance. To call people to repentance. Isn't that still the work of the church? To call people to repentance. You see, grace is not just grace and you can carry on as you want to. Grace is in the freedom of Jesus Christ, in the freedom of walking in repentance. And that was what he had to do. And there was two ways he had to do it, or one way he had to do it. He had to set up a shop. Because you see, John didn't walk from house to house to house. He set up his little shop of baptism in the river, or close to a river. And what happened? People had to go there. And in those days, there was no BMWs, there was no 4x4s. The only 4x4 that the rich people had was a donkey. But people had to walk. They walked from the village to where John's baptizing shop was. So that was his to-do list. Set up a shop away from the people near a river so that they have to walk to you to come and realize what is repentance all about. Today, the church is still the church. It's not a TV church. We have still got to get, get together as a people, as a church. Some of us want to be in the comfort of our living rooms. That's not that. We need to be here. We need to get out of our comfort zones to come to Jesus Christ, to give ourselves to Jesus Christ. The message of repentance is compared to a construction project. In Isaiah 43 to 4, a voice is calling, clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness. Make smooth in the desert a highway for our God. Let every valley be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low and let the rough ground become a plain and the rugged terrain a broad valley. That's like constructing a highway for God, isn't it? It's in the wilderness. Build a, build a, a main road for him. You see, God is the engineer. And the church is the construction company. We have got to pave a way for Jesus Christ. We have got to make the way. So when, he, when his second coming comes, there's a way for him. There's a road paved for him. There's a road that we build for people to come to. It is difficult to move out of your house. 
into a setup like this. You've got to be drawn. But we are the construction company building a way for the lost out there to come to know Jesus Christ. That's who we are. John had to know for who he was preparing. We know that we are preparing for Jesus Christ. We know through the word that Jesus was born, died on a cross, went up to heaven for us. John did not know that. But we still got to know who we are preparing for because sometimes the church loses the sight of who we are preparing for. It might be that they're preparing themselves for comfort because that's what Jesus is, comfort for them. But we know that we're preparing for someone that is coming back to judge, to judge each one of us. You see, John knew the preparation or who it was when Jesus came to him to be baptized. That's when John realized who Jesus is. Because in the baptism, as Jesus was baptized, what happened? A voice from heaven saying, that is my beloved son. And you know that when we go and we baptize ourselves, the same voice comes from heaven. That is my beloved child, son and daughter. Because then God recognizes us as he recognizes Jesus Christ. That's when John recognized Jesus. Because when he saw him, he said to him, I cannot baptize you. You've got to baptize me. Jesus said to him, you have to baptize me. Because I've got to show the way for the people. I have got to take the responsibility of what I want people to do. I've got to take onto my own shoulders. And he baptized him. And then he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's the church. That's the church today as well. We have got to be led into baptism with water. Filled with the Holy Spirit. So that Jesus can say, this is my beloved sons and daughters. This is my bride. The fourth point is that John had to know what it is he prepared for. You see, after John baptized Jesus Christ and he saw him again, in 1 John 1, 29, 
when Jesus came to him, was coming towards him. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That is what he prepared the people for. Behold the Lamb of God. And when he said the word Lamb, the people knew what he was talking about because they saw the Lamb as the sacrificial animal that was sacrificed in the temples. And when he pointed to Jesus Christ and said, Behold the Lamb of God, they knew the word Lamb. Jesus Christ, the sacrificial Lamb for us. He that will give his life for us. You see, God gave Jesus as a gift to us so that we through his death can move into the kingdom of God. That's the gift. And we have got to unwrap this gift as a church to the people out there. Because if we keep the gift wrapped, no one will know what Jesus came for this world. Because he came to set the world free. And we have got to unwrap this gift and use the purpose of what it was. Sometimes when we get gifts at Christmas or in our, in, when, in our birthdays, we'll unwrap it and uh, it's, it's not what I wanted. Or it's, I'll use it one or twice and put it away. But the church has got to unwrap the gift of Jesus Christ for the world out there to know that the second coming is on its way. That the first Jesus died on the cross for us, went up to heaven, preparing a home for us, and then coming as the judge. And that is the purpose of the church. And that's the gift that we've got to give the world, that there is a Jesus coming back for those that he loved. He's coming back for his bride. And if you're not part of this bride, you are lost. There's two ways. That's eternal life and eternal death. And if you're not part of the bride, it'll be eternal death. If you're part of the bride, eternal life with Jesus one day. And that's the gift that we've got to unwrap to the world. For the world to be able to take it. Now the world will sometimes see it, look at it, and say, it's not for me. That's not mine, your choice. We have got to present the gift so that the world can make the choice if they want Jesus Christ. Some will take it and some won't. But it's not our priority to force them to take it. It is the Holy Spirit, Jesus' self, that as you unwrap him for the world, he works in the world and not us. You see, we've got to, we've got to tell the world 
that he is coming. Revelation 22, 12, 13. Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to render to every man according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Is it worth the promise? Is it worth the promise? You see, John, John didn't hesitate to reprimand. John didn't hesitate to, when people came to say, you've got to repent, you've got to be baptized. He even took on kings. When King Herod wanted to marry, I don't know if it's his brother's sister or someone, he took him on. You're not allowed. At, he ended up in jail for it. And later on, he gave his life through what he did, through what he told the king. But John was not afraid. But in that place, in that place, in the jail, John started, there was a little wobble in his life. He asked the question, are you the Messiah that, that was to come, sending his disciples out. Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? The John that baptized, the John that baptized Jesus Christ, the John that saw the Holy Spirit as in the form of a dove coming to sit on Jesus, the John that heard the voice, that is my beloved son. See, and if we don't hold on to the promises, and if we don't hold on to the word, we might, we might ask the same question. Is Jesus coming again? Is he really coming to judge? Is the bride really the one for that purpose? Jesus answers, his two disciples, report what you hear and see. Report what you hear and see. You see, and he took this out of Isaiah 61, 1 to 2, because that is what John would have known. We've always got to remember that the word was being written. The word is written now. And we can take back on the word that John didn't have. But John knew Isaiah. Report what you see. The blind see. The deaf is raised. The lame walks out of Isaiah. So that's the only answer that Jesus gave him. Jesus didn't put anything together and say to him, go and tell him this and this. He said, report what you guys see. And that was all that John needed. For us, in 2 Peter 3.18, to the church, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. We've got to hold on to the promise. We've got to hold on to what the Word says. Because that's what we've got. We've got the Word. We've got a living Word. We've got a bride 
that is radiant, a bride that is beautiful, a bride that is growing. Through all this COVID and through all this, all what's happening with us, the bride of Jesus Christ is growing. That's the word. That is what we see, that Jesus is coming again. Jesus loves his bride. Revelation 9, 19.7 says that he is coming. Did I give it to you? No, I didn't. Okay. Hold on to the promise. Prepare a house. Because Jesus is coming to marry the bride again. Matthew 24, 27 to 44, that's the one. For as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. And the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see all these things, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. As were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days, before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one left. Therefore, stay awake. For you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the masters of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. In the beginning, the prophecy of John. At the end, the prophecy of the second coming. We need 
to be awake. Are you ready? Are we as a church ready? Are we awake? Because we do not know the hour that is coming. Church is not just a place to come and sit, relax, and be fed. Church, the bride of God, is a place where we prepare ourselves for the second coming. We are to prepare ourselves to be ready for when he comes because we do not know when he's coming. Yes, the signs are there. The birth of Jesus Christ was there. John knew his birth. John saw him growing up. We know the word. He had to pave the way for Jesus to start his ministry. We have to pave the way for the second coming. To bring the world into the knowledge of Jesus Christ as King and Lord of this world. Are we ready? Are you ready? Or are we just here because it's church? We're here as a bride to prepare ourselves for the marriage of the bride to the Lamb. That's his second coming. The marriage of the bride to the Lamb. Are you ready? I want to leave you with this. The words of Jesus' self when he prayed to the Father. In John 17, 18 to, 20, to 23. Did I give it to you? As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. Read it again. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. That's us. That's the church. Sending us into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. We are the truth. We know the truth. We have got the knowledge. We have got the word. We have got to stand on the word because the word is the prophecy of what is to come at the end. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. If we as a church do not reach out, we might be judged on that, that we did not bring other people to the truth of Jesus Christ. That they may all be one, just as, your, as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. That is what God prayed for us. That we will be one in spirit, one in truth, 
and that the world will be able to see the love of Jesus Christ in us so that we will be the example to the world of the bride of Jesus Christ one day. That the love in this place should be so tangible that the world will want to grab it and join it. Because we're going into times where love will not be anymore. The only love will be here through the Son, Jesus Christ. Are you ready? Are you ready? You see, Luke says, you too be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. We know that Jesus is born and that's on Friday but we're preparing the way for His second coming. For when He comes to fetch us as a bride, are we ready? Just there where you sit. Just open your heart for Jesus. Just open your heart and just just ask him to inspect your heart. Because he knows you better than anybody else. He, he knows you better than what you know yourself. Just ask him, God, am I ready? Am I ready? Because if I'm not ready, I cannot be a light for your word and for you out there. Am I ready? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. To be ready. two things. The one is, have I ever accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior? Have I ever confessed Jesus Christ as my King and my Lord? 
have I ever given myself to him and said that, Jesus, I accept you in my life for what you have done on that cross for me. I want to make right with you. You see, Jesus, I have never known you. But now I realize that you are my King and my Lord. And you are my Savior. You are the one that died on the cross for me, for my sins. Is there anyone here that, that has never done that? That has never accepted Jesus Christ as their King and Savior in their lives? You see, if, if I don't accept Jesus as, as the, only, the only way to God the Father, the only way to eternity, the only way of life, His judgment on me will be death. But I've accepted Him as my God, as my Lord, as my Savior. His judgment on me will be eternal life. Is there anyone? Even if you just have a slight hint of that I'm not sure, just come afterwards and come speak to us. But then I want us to stand as a congregation. As we finalize this Father I just come Lord and, and yeah we sat here Father and we we said Jesus inspect us are we ready are we as a bride ready are we doing that that you have sent John for to prepare the way for Jesus Christ are we as a bride in this congregation ready and are we doing the purpose of your bride? Are we preparing the way for the second coming? Are we the construction company building the road for Jesus Christ to come? Are we doing that, Father? And I want to pray, Lord, that as we stand, that we will become that construction company for you. That we will build a highway, not for ourselves, Father, <clears throat> but a highway for you. Because the road is not for us, but the road is for you to come, Father. To come and fetch the bride. But if the bride is not ready and the road is not built and, there's, and if there's any hindrances on those road, Father, if there's anything that is stopping us or stopping you from, from walking that road, Father, I pray that we, will, that we will set it aside, that we will clear the road 
Father, if we think it's in works, that we will clear the road. Because it's not in works, Lord, but it's in faith. I pray, Lord, that we as a congregation will clear the way for the area that you have given us. And I thank you for that. I thank you for that. I pray, Lord, that you will just be with us today. As we go home, Lord, that you will that the word will just resonate in us. It will not be stolen on the way. I pray this in Jesus' name.